0: Welcome to a new very special episode of Wizards After Dark. If you missed it last week, I came back with my first episode in a couple of weeks. After coming back from vacation, I had David Aldridge on, and we talked about a piece we co-authored, just kind of looking at a nine-step plan that we came up with for the uh, for the Wizards offseason. And uh, you can look at the piece that we had, went up on Sunday and Tuesday as a two-part piece over on The Athletic DC. And you can also go and listen to that podcast. But this is... I mean, David's my boss, but let's be real. When you get a guy like this on the podcast, you know something special is going to happen. Uh, over on the other side of the Zoom, 2,000 miles away from me, but uh, digitally sitting right next to me, is, uh, is Troy Brown.
1: What's up? What's up?
0: What's up? Troy, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Uh, I, I am lovely, and, uh, and I, got, I got Andrew Schlecht, my producer, joining for the pod as well. What's up, guys? Andrew, you don't get What's as up? good of an introduction. I know, as Troy. Okay.
2: That's okay. Yeah. Sitting in the middle of the country in Oklahoma City, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so Troy, what where where are you right now? Where in the world are you? What have What have you been up to? I know, Wizards fans. I'm sure would uh would love to hear it.
1: Um, right now, I'm in Las Vegas. Vegas is always home. I always come back here during the off season. So, so yeah.
0: And how, like, how often are you playing? Did you Did you take like. Cause when I, when I go on vacation and stuff or when the season ends and I, and I finally can go on vacation after free agency or something, I'm like, okay, I am not even thinking about writing. I'm getting away from this for like two weeks and then I'll get back to it. Do you feel like you have to do that with playing basketball also?
1: Yeah, um, I would just say specifically like for this year too, like for me, because I was working out so hard during the quarantine because I never knew when we were going to go back. That made it such a longer season for me, but it definitely prepared me for the bubble. So being able to take off like two or three weeks was really good. And then so but at the end of the day, as far as those things it was like you get that much time, but at the same time, having that much time, like it can either go really good or really bad for your development because either you can – like take too much time off and get really relaxed, or you could take that time to develop and be a better player.
0: So, well, that's like NBA players are, are in such unbelievable athletes that the, I think the most amazing thing about NBA players just kind of being an unbelievable, just, just being able to kind of do whatever they want with their bodies is that Ennis Cantor gains like 25 pounds in the first month after the season ends and then loses it all in like three weeks and I just don't understand how anybody does that. Like that stuff yeah. like that is crazy to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. Um, I mean, not that crazy, but like I'll go on vacation. I'll come back. I'll weigh myself and I'll be like, okay, like like two or three pounds over. And then like I'll once, then I'll come back and I'll be good. And it's like crazy to me. Like I'm still like dealing with the fluctuation of like doing that. Cause it can literally be the difference between eating a steak or eating a burger. It's like the carbs in the burger. And like, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and you guys are also so active all the time that like you can really eat whatever you want. For that, I know. I know some players are unbelievably health conscious, but like, yeah. especially when you're you're twenty one years old. When you're twenty one, like, you can get away with eating what you want when you're as active as you are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, like personally, is just like I try not to. Like, since I've made it to the league, and I know what it takes to, like – like, I've seen guys around me, like, eating healthy and, like, becoming all-stars and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing for me is knowing that if I, I – like, in my heart, I feel like I'm setting myself back. So, I just try to eat healthy all the time, like, regardless, to make it a habit. Um,
0: yeah, I, I don't. I don't do that. That's, that's the beauty of writing. Uh, you've been watching the conference finals?
1: Yeah, I've been watching the conference finals
0: what what's what's the big Troy Brown takeaway you want to go east or west
1: I want LeBron to win I'm not even gonna hide that I definitely want LeBron to win um I even throwing a couple of hot takes I definitely got snubbed for MVP but I have no problem with Giannis being the winner like at all it's just more of a preference thing uh growing up being a LeBron fan and like watching him you know, I definitely want to see him win that in this 17th season, but they're playing great basketball, and Anthony Davis has been unbelievable.
0: It's It's crazy to watch Davis, man. Like, defensively, oh, my God. I mean, watching him in that Houston series, the fact that a guy who is – I mean, he plays power forward the majority of the year, but he's really a center. The fact that that guy can be a center and go up against the way that Houston plays and dominate the way he does against those those small ball lineups, he's yep. he's wild. He is he is a wild defender, and obviously everybody knows what he can do as a scorer. But he is he's that that whole team just defends like crazy, don't they?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Fred, can I ask you a question? <laughs> you can ask me whatever you want. Yeah. Wow. Why doesn't Anthony Davis get as much like pub as like some of the guys around the league? And he's like one of the best players in the league. Like I feel like personally he could have been in the same conversation LeBron was in for MVP.
0: Yeah. So I, I had him first team all NBA. Yeah, Here's who's he was my first team center. That's so here's my theory on it. Here's my real theory. Uh, I don't think he's like a crazy, like I think he's kind of an introvert. You know, yeah, okay,
1: like his personality, uh, yeah, puts him in the back shadows
0: kind of a little bit, yeah. I think it's probably just that, just that he's kind of introverted. Like, do you feel like players think differently about AD than the public does?
1: Um, not really. Um, yeah, well, from a player standpoint of like being a really good player, I feel like Anthony Davis, like, from a like being in the league like out of the 450 I feel like we respect him more than the pub, like the public does so you
0: think that's true
1: yeah like 100% but that's because we have to play against him like I feel like the media and everybody like kind of looks at him and they want him to be more of a commodity and like own the fact that he's Anthony Davis and he's just kind of like nah I just show up and I get buckets and then I leave like that's just who he is
0: who who is the guy in the league who? you think that the public underrates the most underrates the most? It probably would be Anthony Davis. I'm not gonna lie to you. He did make first team all NBA. Yeah he but did like do something.
1: he is the most like consistent player like the because like to be in that role playing against LeBron or playing with LeBron And, like, being the second, like, player on that team, it's, like, one of those things where, to me, it's, like, is he really the second best player, though? Like, sometimes I really feel that way, like, watching the games. Like, sometimes, like, just how consistent he is in everything he does. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that. During the playoffs, LeBron, like, his usage is way down. Like he's only taking like 16 shots a game, which is a lot of shots. But when you're LeBron James and you're in the Western conference finals, like normally those numbers start to go up. Like you're LeBron, you start to take over, you know? And he's, he's really relying on other guys and is very gracefully doing it. And, Mm -hmm. and so I, I, I think LeBron's the best player in the league still. Mm -hmm. I still think he's the best player in the league. Um, but I've always thought that when he starts to take a step back, he would age very gracefully and not just because he's smart, but because he's going to be one of those guys who is going to be able to say like, okay, you know what? I can take the step back and I can, like, I can let AD cook right now.
1: I can definitely, that because his first passion, like he loves passing the ball. Like that's what LeBron like is like for me personally, like being a big guard, that's like what I, he took so much heat for that like when he was in Cleveland the first time, it was like, why are you passing the ball? But like, I feel like you said, like I feel like he will age like, gracefully because he would just be a really good high Q player and it won't like really matter if he's scoring the ball or not at that such a high of a clip. So you
0: know, you know what I think is interesting? How many, how many guys in the league? I, I don't often hear, I know you're a LeBron fan because I remember you telling me a story once about yeah. the first time you guys played the Lakers your rookie year and you're right. going in and checking in and LeBron was on the floor and you just being so starstruck going up against like your childhood hero. Yeah. And I think it's funny that two years in you still consider yourself a LeBron fan. Do you think that's I mean, ever going to go away? No,
1: I mean, I'm a very big fan of a lot of players in the league. Like, I don't really like, like, because for me personally, I can separate the two. Like I know when I step on the court, like, who I am as a player and how I feel and like how I'm going to, like how I'm going to dominate the game and then which ways I'm going to do that myself. But like, I feel like for me personally, acknowledging other people's game is like, you know, like it's more respect than like trying to talk bad on them, you know? And so like for me personally, like there's a lot to do that. Like, I'm, I'm a very big like fan of different players for sure. So, yeah.
0: I, I, I want to get your take on, on something Paul George said. So did you, did you see, I forget, Andrew, when did, when did Paul George say that the, the bubble was, was difficult from a mental health standpoint? Wasn't that during during round one? Was that right? I think. Okay. Troy, did you see those comments? Yeah. He said he was like in a dark place or something like that. Exactly. You were in the bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, you weren't there for quite as long as uh as paul george was but you were there like you guys had three weeks of practices before you even played a game i'm curious like what did did you feel any of that like did, did you talk about that kind of stuff with your teammates when you were there was it difficult at all being there for that long i mean
1: okay so this is how i always break it to people when they ask me how I felt about it. And this is like, and I'm not trying to turn it into like this intricate like story or whatever, but like literally you have to think about it like this. Uh, This is my second year in the league. So like, I have something to prove. Like I'm trying to come out and show the like world that like, I'm like one of the best players in the league. Like, you know, like that's everybody's mentality. So for our group, we had a whole bunch of young guys who really were just grateful for the opportunity and want to go win as many games as possible and show what we're capable of. When you have guys that have been in the league for plus seven or eight years, being in that bubble isn't the most convenient like thing in the world. Like if we're just being real, like they don't really, besides winning a championship, we already know how hard that is. Being in the bubble isn't the most convenient thing in the world. So I can definitely understand where he's coming from for sure. But I never felt that way because one, I wasn't there that long. And two, every opportunity I got, I made sure I was going to take advantage of it.
2: All
0: right, Trey, I'm I'm easing into this then. Or actually, I'm not even going to ease in. I'm just going to jump in. Uh, Your birthday is in July. Right. You were in the bubble in July. Right. Um, You just happened to turn 21 years old in the bubble. Right. I need to know like 21. That's a big one. I need to know what happens on a 21st birthday inside the bubble.
1: Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, I was walking around everywhere and everybody was just saying happy birthday to me. It was actually pretty overwhelming. I would like, like, cause everybody knows it. like the NBA posted. It, so literally you're going to practice and everybody's like, happy birthday, happy birthday. It was super annoying, but like, I was grateful for it, but it was just a lot. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Jan actually put together like a birthday dinner. Uh, Jan and Rui, uh, ended up putting together like a birthday dinner for me. And, uh, it was actually super nice. They got me. Like this big cake. My name was on the menu and stuff. It was crazy. It, I enjoyed it a lot. And I, I even got some of it on the vlog like at the end of one of the episodes. So it was super dope. They took care of me for sure.
0: Yeah, Jan seems like he's always the the party organizer. Is that sure. is that accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah. Jan is definitely the one that keeps us like like together and like making sure that like no matter what happens that we stay together, like, and that we remember at the end of the day, it's just basketball. Like Jan's that OG at the group. Like, you know,
0: Who's, who's the most fun guy at the party? Which teammate is the one that you're like, Oh, he's here. We're in for a fun night.
1: For me personally, it's Bonga I'm not going to lie to you.
0: (laughs) Oh, you don't know how popular of an answer that's going to be on this podcast.
1: Oh yeah, no, no. and I know some of my teammates are gonna be mad at me, but I don't care. Bonga is funny because regardless of if he's doing it intentionally or if he's just really like, I don't want to be here. I just think like his facial expressions and stuff is hilarious. Like I can't take him serious. Like it's just so funny. Like I just be laughing.
0: Bonga ba- is incredibly giggly. Yeah, he he, and I think it might just be because because like when I'm interviewing him and it might just be like a him getting interviewed thing, but Banga, Banga is so giggly on his answers. And I, I always find it hilarious. Like yeah. we can be talking about totally normal stuff and you're right. His facial expressions, his giggliness is totally out there. Yeah. You're hundred percent right.
2: You said you were annoyed by some of the happy birthdays. Were there any happy birthdays? Like you were surprised or excited about that you got in the bubble.
1: Um, I got some. No, nah, I think I posted the one thing that stood out to me the most. Like, I posted, because uh, everybody kept on saying birthday in the bubble to me, like 24 7. So I tweeted about it literally, like, a day late. The next day, like, in the morning, I see Lonnie Walker. He literally runs up to me with, like, his phone in his hand, like, recording, like, talking about some happy birthday in the bubble, like, being stupid. That one definitely stood out to me the most. <laughs>
2: Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunce on The Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options, here are a few I chose. A long shirt, as I tuck it in, I got a no-dunks monogram, and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America. Or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS, Not ass. Tass, TAS, T A S at checkout. That's Indochino.com. Promo code TAS. All right, Troy. It, you gave me the PG,
0: the PG version, maybe the G version. Like, did you guys party after dinner? Did you bubble version of party? Because yeah, I- that that's that's a birthday dinner for that's a birthday description of any birthday other than twenty one. No,
1: for sure. I mean, we, like, drink wine. Like, of course, we had, like, drinks and stuff like that. But, like, we didn't – like, obviously, we were there to play basketball. Like, we didn't get crazy. We didn't, like – we're in the bubble, you know? So, it's like, at the end of the day, we still have a job to do. And, obviously, we weren't going to, like – I was the only one with a birthday. Coach Brooks had a birthday a couple of days later. Uh, Tony Brown had a birthday, like, I think a day or two later. Thomas's birthday was on 31st, the same as Coach Brooks. So, like, it wasn't – super surprising. You know, it was just one of those things where like they felt the need to do that for me and I was just grateful for it. So but yeah no we we had like wine and stuff but other than that we didn't do nothing super crazy.
0: Oh yeah well 21's 21's a big one. My 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 21st uh, some people say they'll never forget I'll I'll never remember my 21st. So those are those are crazy times. (laughs) (laughs) What are you working on this offseason? Like, what is what is the goal? I know last year you talked about um, your shot a lot. uh, And like during that that hiatus, you talked about wanting to be able to guard point guards and play point guards. What what is the focus if you had to narrow it down to one or two or three things or whatever else it is?
1: Um, I mean, for me personally, like just how I feel, um, it's definitely going to be the shooting. Um, I mean, I definitely feel a lot confident, a lot more confident with it. Um, I mean, I definitely shot a higher percentage than I did my rookie year. Like, I almost shot league average this year, so I definitely know I'm capable of it. Like, that's not the like there's not a problem with it or anything like that. It's just more so of I know I need to be ready. Because I'm not going to be the initial ball handler, and John is going to be able to create, Brad's going to be able to uh, be able to uh, create, so I need to be able to hit open shots consistently, you know, and if I can do that, that spreads the floor for them and makes the game a lot easier for us, so I would definitely say that, but I'm definitely working on a lot more than just shooting, but I think that'll play a huge part next season.
0: So. Were, you, were you happy with the way you played in the bubble?
1: Yeah, I wish I could have shot, like, hit a couple more threes. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. Other than that, I mean, personally, I thought I did a really good job. I said I would do a better job of guarding point guards. I guarded point guards the whole time I was there. Um, I tried to do a great job of leading. You know, Thomas helped me out with that, like, just being vocal and just making sure we stayed on each other. So, I feel like I did pretty good.
0: So, do you feel like – I feel like whenever people talk about, like, young guys talk about – advancing through the league oh. they, they talk about it where they um, they talk about their skill sets like you're talking right. about like you wish you could have made some more shots you think you got your point guard's okay leadership whatever else what about just like comfort like how, how do you feel when you're playing in an NBA game now right. emo- emotionally do you feel different than you did say last year 100% 100% What's Um, different?
1: Just going, like, elaborating on it. For me personally, like, going into your rookie year, you just want to establish yourself and, like, earn those minutes so bad that – and you know your string isn't very long. You know, like, you're not making shots. You're not playing defense. You're coming out of the game. Like, you're a rookie. So, I would definitely say just – Building that, building that next play mentality, like, I don't, like, and it might sound nonchalant, but being like, I don't care that I missed that shot or, like, next play. Like, you know, just having that mentality and know that you're capable and that you belong in the league coming into your second year and being way more confident 100% helped me this year, so.
0: is Is there anybody in particular who helped you with that?
1: No, I feel like for me it was just – personally, I had to deal with it and really like go through it first to understand where I was at from a mental perspective. At the end of the day, like, you know, of course I have my family and everybody cheering me on and supporting me and telling me like they're here for me and stuff like that. And that's cool and all, but until you experience it, that's when you really can go ahead and attest to it. So,
0: so I heard, I heard a story I, I heard that you almost didn't work out for the Wizards because of scheduling before yeah, the that, draft. Can you can you tell can you tell me that story? Um so pretty much like I
1: had my draft workout scheduled um and um I think my draft range was like late first round, like mid first round, late first round, somewhere around there. And so obviously the the Wizards had the fifteenth pick and I had worked out for everybody through like eight through, like, 16, but I didn't work out for the Wizards. And so, like, my draft workouts started going, like, really well. Like, I was, like, killing in my workouts. And, like, word was getting around. Like, I worked out against, like, Jerome. I worked out against, um, I'm trying to think of some other guys, like uh, me and Lonnie and stuff like that. And so, like, my workouts were going pretty well. And eventually, like, I got a call from the Wizards. We didn't have them on the schedule, but they had a call, and, like, Ernie was pretty much saying, like, he wanted me to come work out and stuff like that and um yeah and then so that ended up being history i guess as you can see
0: (laughs) do you do you feel like if because because it was like you had you had a workout with another team the day before right and it would have been like a back-to-back-to-back for you or something like that right yeah Yeah. and you ended up squeezing the wizards in there do you feel like if you hadn't gone to that workout do you still think they would have drafted you
1: no i don't think so personally
0: that could have changed everything
1: yeah, 100%, but that's why I think that everything happens for a reason. Like, I truly believe in that, and so I just think, like, everything ended up paying off, and the fact that they called to try to book my workout, you know, made me feel more comfortable doing it because before, I don't think they were, like, super high on me until, like, people started giving feedback, you know? So,
0: so yeah. Mm-hmm. How – what advice would you give to a a – Uh, a guy who is in this year's draft you probably have friends who are in this year's draft right
1: yeah i have some people that are coming out this year yeah
0: so what advice would you give those guys with just like guys aren't traveling around giving pre-draft workouts now you know they're not traveling around doing in-person interviews and and for some background for the listeners um you you notoriously um did very well during the pre-draft interviews. Um, I had—I won't give the team away—but I had somebody from another team that wasn't the Wizards uh, tell me that you were uh, one of the best, if not the best, pre-draft interview they had ever done. And the Wizards—one of the reasons they wanted to take you was because they got to know you, and they were like, "This is a guy we want on our roster." Um, so I'm curious to know, like, what what advice would you give? to those guys who are going through the process now when they don't have the opportunity to go there in person and show their, you know, this, these interactions over zoom are totally different, you know, like what, what advice would you give those guys going through it now?
1: For me personally, and this is just me being real, just based off of how they do the interview process, they already know everything they need to know. That's why they, they wanted to interview you, you know? Like, so they're going to do their background checks. They're going to make sure that everything pans out and that you are who you say you are and they're going to have information and stuff that you probably didn't think they had. And I feel like the biggest thing for me was me knowing who I am as a person and how I condone myself in situations. I feel like that confidence and, like, knowing that I was good with who I was stood out to a lot of teams because I didn't have anything to hide, you know? And so for them, it wasn't, like, anything where it was, like, they were bringing up crazy stuff that I didn't think they knew, you know, it was like, this is me, this is what you got. And like, that's all I am. That's all I can give to you. Like, if you don't like that, then that's fine. Like I'm perfectly fine with that, you know? So I just think being comfortable in my own skin and knowing that I was moving in the right direction definitely helped me.
0: Do you, you guys have a high pick this year? Like, are you, are you following it? Is there anybody you like with number nine?
1: It's, It's hard because like, there's no workouts like there's no media like we're still trying to like figure it all out and like I think it's really tough too because like a lot of kids like probably would have got a better shot at getting drafted if the NCAA tournament would happen mm-hmm. like, you know it's, I definitely have a couple people like I'm looking out for and stuff just because I'm around them too at impact like but to like really focus on it and like make sure we get a pick like I'm not 100% locked in yet I think we get closer to draft day that's when i'll like start paying attention more and looking at the rosters and the the prospects
2: well so my yeah andrew go ahead yeah do you pay attention to like the mock drafts like even like in in the portion where you're getting drafted like do you look at the mock drafts like oh man i can't believe they have me there i can't believe they have that guy ahead of me do you pay attention to that kind of stuff
1: um for like during my process i didn't just because i like started getting real feedback from real people So I didn't, like, you know, like, when I have, like, GMs, like, calling my agent and, like, telling me where I'm at on their draft boards, and then I go look at a mock draft, they're nothing alike, you know? And because they're not, the people that are, like, basing your rank aren't in your workouts. They're not seeing what you're doing. Like, didn't Tyler Hero go like, 14 this year? Yeah. I don't think anybody had him going that high on the draft boards. Like, I think they had him going, like, probably, like, maybe, like, a couple picks after that or, like, late first round. But, like, same thing happened with Devin Booker, you know? So, it's always a couple people that slip through the cracks and, like, people are like, oh, they got drafted early and then they pan out, you know? So, so yeah, I don't really pay a lot of attention to them.
0: Yeah, Cam, Cam Johnson was another guy yep. recently who uh, nobody had him going as high as Phoenix. No. Phoenix uh-uh. took him, and then he went yep. there. But but teams, teams try to keep that stuff internal. Some teams yeah. try to keep that stuff internal. Some teams just let everything go. Yeah. Um, but but there are some teams who are just. I mean, look, I covered one. The Thunder just want to keep everything internal. If they if they believe something and they want somebody, it doesn't get out. Some some teams are like obsessive about it. They'll 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 spread rumors about guys who they're definitely not going to take and say that they're going to take them just to see what stuff gets out. Like some right. teams are just are just crazy about it. Um, so yeah. It becomes difficult, but you know what? The mock drafts, like the really good mock drafters, I'm always shocked by how good they are at get like the really good ones. Not, not the random people sitting at home, you know?
1: Yeah. There are always one or two that are like really like spot on. And then you can go back and they might miss like a couple of places, but though like, in like, maybe like within like two or three picks of like where the they said they were going to be drafted, you know? But like, usually they get like the first 30, like pretty much correct. They might miss like two and that's just cause nobody accounted for it. But they're, they're the first, like the one or two that are actually really good. It, it's kind of scary how accurate it is.
0: Do you, do you read and watch NBA media? Uh, yeah. Just cause I'd be on Twitter, I guess. Is what is, what does that do for you as a player? Cause there are some guys that cover. So like Bradley bill, for example, he, right. he says he, he says he reads nothing. Um, I, I I tend to believe that certain players who say they read nothing actually secretly do. John, John for example, like follows all of us on Twitter, you know, yeah. like he he's just open about it is totally fine with saying he he obviously sees our stuff. He follows us, you know. Sure. Um, what are you like? Where Where does it does it? help you hurt you or do nothing seeing what i'm not talking about randos like like the bots on twitter they right everybody i'm talking like watching sports center or watching nba countdown watching tnt reading espn reading the athletic that kind of stuff
1: for me it's more so about like whatever pops up like i'm not really like i don't get into like articles too much i don't read anything that like, you know, like, it's too, like, articulate or, like, going really in-depth into, like, what's going on in certain situations. But it's as more as, like, if I'm on Twitter and I see something, and it's, like, a video or something or something, like, you know, like, little stuff like that. I don't really watch. Like, I watch ESPN like and stuff like that before, like, games happen and stuff, but I'm not really too in-tune with it, but I definitely am up-to-date, you know? So it's kind of in-between, like, area.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's interesting, because, like, I tried to be sympathetic to it for players because yeah. I get that it would be weird to read, but if I were a player, I'd also be so curious to know what people were saying. Like I still, my, my equivalent is everybody says, don't read the comments on your article. By the way, this whole thing is a ploy to get me to for me to get you to subscribe to the athletic.
2: Right. <laughs> I was going to say, are you
0: subscribed? $1 a month? Yeah. a month promo right now. Come on. Why aren't you doing it? Uh, But like my equivalent is everybody says, don't read the comments. You know, you're not supposed to read the comments because like, what good is it going to do to you? Read the comments every once in a while. Somebody leaves a comment where you're like, you know what? That's a valid criticism. That is going to better me moving forward. I will have this in mind next time I write something. But 99% of the time it's like, this just made me feel terrible for absolutely no reason. You know, you know, uh, and yet I still always read the comments like I, I can't stay away from it. And like being an NBA player is that times a million, you know,
1: it's so much like for me, it's so different, though, because it's like I I'm not saying like the media is messy in that sense. Like you feel me? Like it's more so like. There's nothing that you can really say to me in the comments that's gonna help better me, like, as a player that much. Like, for example, I'll put it in, like, this instance. Like, somebody might be like, Troy Brown needs to shoot a better percentage or something like that. I won't read it. I won't take the time to read it. But... If we're like if we're talking about like my YouTube channel, I go through those comments and I really look to see what people enjoy, what people are like saying, like what the criticism is. So I can be like, oh, next time I will put that in my video. You know? So it's definitely two different areas of light that you have to kind of like look at it in perspective. So
0: Yeah. I speaking of the YouTube channel, let's 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 talk about it for a sec before we wrap up. Um, I did a story with you on your On your vlog that you did while you were, you were in the bubble. What's, uh, what's, what's the plan? I know, I know you, you, you've told me you want to get into broadcasting when you're done playing. That's not going to be for a very long time, but what's the, uh, what's the plan with the YouTube stuff and, and whatever else you want to do moving forward?
1: Um, well, so right now I'm still working on the vlog, um, dealing with the editing part, you know, trying to find an editor and stuff. So uh, working through those kinks. But, um, you know, we definitely have like a I had a time frame for when I wanted stuff to get put out and it's kind of been pushed back. But I'm definitely still working on it. Definitely not going to give up on it because it's definitely something I'm passionate about. Um, And just from there, I mean, it's just about like putting out content and making sure it's top quality And so like you said, I did say I want to be like a sports broadcaster like later on in life And so right now I'm just kind of Taking the time to really think about what I like and really find out what I like so that after basketball I can like take my talents and already kind of have some like a feel for it, you know, so
0: So what do you what do you like? What are you figuring out? Have you figured anything out that you like now where you're like, oh, you know what? That was that was good. I should try to do more stuff like that.
1: Um. Oh, well, I mean, I love photography. I love taking pictures for sure. That definitely, obviously, that probably doesn't pay as good as you know all that. But like from a hobby standpoint of like being really fun, I definitely love taking pictures. Um, I definitely love more like video stuff, uh, putting together stuff, and like editing my videos and finding different ways to like do transitions and like throw silly stuff in my videos that are just animations and stuff. So I'm working for more of the the behind the scenes side of the camera right
0: now. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, so much of that stuff is editing. Like I spoke to uh, Matisse Tybal for for the same story I did with you and he's, uh, or he's super into photography and uh, he loves doing landscapes and and that kind of stuff. And, and I think it kind of shows where like he did the vlog from the bubble too. And he's, he's also very into specific YouTubers and, and likes taking from, from their kind of stuff. And, um, I think it's cool. I, I, I like the, the and the player created stuff. Like, do you, do you, I think you said that like you, you try not to watch the other YouTube stuff, right? Cause you want to be able to try to kind of do your own thing for now. Right. Um, well, that's how
1: I felt about like the bubble stuff because all of our content, you know, is the same stuff. So I never wanted it to look the same, but like more so of, um, like now I'll like look and like, kind of like peek and like see what dudes are doing and like kind of see what's hot or like how stuff is edited and, you know, just try to learn from guys, you know, like I have
0: no problem with that. So, so what's the plan? You're going to start a podcast?
1: Um, I'm working on it. I got a lot of stuff in the works right now, and you know we're headed in the right direction. Just gotta kind of follow through, but but yeah, I'm hoping to get a podcast going sometime
0: soon. So in the works, yeah. Next (laughs) next thing you know, you're gonna be a Wizards beat reporter. You've been saying that since I've gotten to the Wizards. (laughs) That's true. I need I need a day off. So if you want to be my backup, it's gonna be (laughs) great. You can come in. I'm certain you have better sources than I do. So it'll be perfect. You can, I won't
1: have as much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll trade with you. I can, I can, I can, uh, you know, back up Brad or something for the night and then you can write the game story about how I got blown by every single time on defense. It'd be perfect. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, that that is going to wrap for us um, I will be back next week remember we're still running that $1 a month promo over on The Athletic so if you go to any of my stories you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up $1 a month right now I mean that is so cheap and that gets you all of your coverage it gets you everything not just my stories not just wizards coverage it's going to get you David Aldridge and Michael Lee and all of our MLB coverage, all of our NFL coverage, every sport, WNBA, everything that you want over at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, $1 a month. I will be back next week. Troy, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Yep, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you.
0: Yes, for sure. I'll be back next week. Talk to you guys then.